God is good? All the time. And all the time? Are you excited to be here today? Are you really excited to be here today? All right, some of you are very good. I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts 17, Acts chapter 17. We'll get there in, in just a moment. If you are new here, uh, my name is John. I am blessed to serve as a pastor here. And if my wife, Joy, and I have not had the opportunity to meet you, uh, we'll be in the foyer right after the service and would love to have a chance just to say hi and to greet you. And we have a special gift just to thank you for being here uh, today. If you missed last Sunday's message, uh, we introduced this theme, Trust, from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And let me encourage you, if you missed, to go back and watch. You can go on our YouTube channel and watch and kind of catch up and uh, really get the idea, the understanding of how we're trying and wanting and praying to trust God in 2024. We've challenged everyone to set their phone alarm for 3.56 every day, again from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and that every day at 3.56, you would pray. And you would pray the prayer, uh, pray the scripture, as, as Marty was challenging us, again, to memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, so that at 3.56, when your alarm goes off, you can, by memory, just talk to the Lord and say, God, help me to trust you with all my heart. Lord, help me not to lean in my own understanding, in my own knowledge, my own wisdom, my own controlling of things. I'm ad-libbing here a little bit, right? God, that in all my ways, everything I do, even in this car line, picking up my kids for an hour. Some of you will be doing that at 356, right? God, I want to, in everything, I want to trust you. And Lord, if I trust you, I know that you're going to direct my steps. You're going to make my path straight. What what an awesome opportunity every day for just a moment to pause, to pray, and to be reminded, I'm trusting God. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to be reminded every single day. Can I get an amen to that? Maybe multiple times in a day. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is our theme verse. And I encourage you to, to really focus and meditate and memorize on that. As Stephanie said, there's a trust devotional. How many of you already, we, we gave them out the last two Sundays. How many of you already picked one up? Okay, put your hand up, look around. There's a lot of you, because I think we already gave 350 of these away. And so there's a few more back in the foyer. At least before I walked in here this morning, there were a few more back on the foyer. Uh, you feel free to grab one of these for free. And then also, if, you, if they run out or you'd prefer, you can, uh, you can get a Kindle version if you, if you search for this book uh, online. And then on our website, you can also get the PDF version if you just want to download it or read it on uh, from, from your phone. Now, today we're starting a new series, The Four Hallmarks of Hallmark, okay? And so the next three weeks after today, we're going to be preaching through our core values of Hallmark. And so I thought we would refresh ourselves on what, it, what this word Hallmark means. If, if we're saying that these are the four pillars or the foundations of the core values of Hallmark, what does Hallmark even mean? And so let me give you the, the old Webster's Dictionary definition. It's an old English term, and it really identified or marked gold or silver in England to attest to their 
purity, all right? So it's a sign that this is official, that this is pure, that this is genuine. Another form or another way to to find that is by the Cambridge Dictionary, and it says this, an attitude or quality that is thought to be typical of a person or organization, all right? Let Let me read that again. An attitude or a quality that is thought of to be typical of a person or organization. So when we think of what does it mean or what does it look like or what's the stamp of authenticity that should be marked by a Hallmark member, these are what the core values are, all right? So number one, biblically driven, right? We want to be biblically driven. This is the foundational uh, hallmark, right? That we want to be biblically driven. Because the truth is, if you and I, as a church, as us as individuals, if we are live biblically driven lives, then the next three will kind of fall into place. We will be personally involved. We will be radically generous. We will be outwardly focused. Now, this past Sunday on uh, I, my wife, Joanna, had an invitation after church last Sunday uh, to go spend and to go to brunch with the builders class, all right? So Jim and Gwen Ader were hosting. Uh, they're our connect group leaders of the builders class. If you're not familiar with the builders class, that's our most experienced members of Hallmark, okay? Uh, that's, they're, they're, they're the greatest, right? And so uh, we went over to their, their house, to the Aders house for brunch last week, and then Jim just kind of put me on the spot and said, hey, could you, could you share a few things uh, with, with the builders group? Just say, you know, your appreciation to them or, or, or whatever, you know? And I said, yeah, sure. And so I, I, in, in their living room last week, I was trying to figure out what to say, and I, I began to just think that almost 30 years ago, um, Joy and I moved to Hallmark, we were much younger then, and I told that group, I said, you know, I was, I was in my 20s when I first moved here, and most of you were in your 60s when I first moved here. Do we want to go back? Does anyone want to go back? No. But I said, I just want to say thank you, because when we think about the core values of Hallmark, these four marks of authenticity, of what does it mean? I said, this group sitting in this living room today, you guys have exemplified the hallmarks of Hallmark for as long as I've known you. Many of them have been members of this church 40, 50 plus years. And although these hallmarks are maybe newly worded, last year we introduced them to you in January these actually are not something we came up with, but when you look at the, the, that older generation, the Hallmark members that have been here 40 and 50 years, this is how they lived. This is their mark, the Hallmarks of Hallmark. And so I just wanna say thank you to them. I'm gonna ask if all of you that are in the builders class, would you stand for a moment? Look around. All right, let's give him a hand. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. You may be seated. And, and I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. And, and it's because of the generation before us that we sit in this beautiful facility. It's because of the generation and, and even those that were standing that uh, tomorrow I'm going to get on a plane and 
and go to Cambodia and I'm going to see what your generosity, what their generosity has started feeding centers in some of the most remote places. As I don't know if you caught what, what Stephanie said, but last year a group went and we've been uh, helping in Cambodia. The last time I was in Cambodia was 20 years ago, this January, and I'm excited to go back. But we've been a partnering in Cambodia for at least 20 years through uh, MANA, and they have started a new feeding center just outside the dump site of Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Can you imagine? The truth is you can't imagine. Uh, I'll, I'll encourage you, if you want to somewhat imagine, go, go read the book Rent Collector, okay? Or if you are not a reader, go onto Netflix and look up the documentary, or it's really a, a, a movie uh, called First They Killed My Father, Okay? First, they killed my father on Netflix. If you want to see the conditions of which we are blessed to be starting a feeding center, go watch that. Um, I, would, I would caution you. It is very heavy. It's very graphic. Um, but it will give you some perspective. And so because of this generation, we can, we, we can say that these are not just aspirational core values, this is the DNA of Hallmark. This is who Hallmark has been as far back as, as we can go. And so when we think about this morning, we're going to kind of unpack this core value of biblically driven. What does, what does it mean to be biblically driven? Let me just give you a thought for this. What does this mean for us? We will adjust our lives to fit the Bible. Okay? We will not adjust the Bible to fit our lives. Because what culture would teach us is that, well... The Bible can mean whatever you want it to mean. That's not truth, okay? We believe that the Bible is our authority. That is the truth. It's what we stand on. It's what we make our decisions on. So we're not going to adjust our lives to fit the Bible. We're gonna, we will adjust our lives to fit the Bible. Oh, I said that backwards, didn't I? And so Acts 17, we're going to get a perspective of this. We're going to get an example of what does it look like for a church member, for a church to live out biblically driven life. How will that impact me? How is that practical? So we're gonna jump into Acts 17. And in Acts 17, we're, we're jumping into the middle of the story, okay? And so let me give you, as, as you, maybe you're finding your way there, a little bit of context. So in Acts chapter number 16, Paul and Timothy and Silas are setting out onto their second missionary journey. And Paul is trying to figure out where he's gonna go. And he, he says, God, I'm gonna go this way. And the Holy Spirit says, no. And he's, okay, I'm gonna go this way. And the Holy Spirit says, no. Okay, I'm gonna go this way. And the Holy Spirit says, no. And finally, we get in that passage what many have termed the Macedonian call. And so he realizes God through the Holy Spirit is calling me to Macedonia. He shows up. This lady named Lydia is immediately saved. And then Paul and Silas are imprisoned in Philippi. And then they have jailhouse rock, you remember? Like the jailhouse breaks apart, the Philippian jailer gets saved, his family gets saved and baptized, and then he's released from prison, and in Acts 16 at the end, they leave and go to Thessalonica. Okay, so this is the pattern. They go into a new city, they go into the synagogue, they preach Jesus, People get saved, then they get arrested, and then they leave and go to the next city. So we're here in Thessalonica, Acts chapter 17. Now when they had passed, verse number one, 
As they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer, rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. He is Messiah. Verse 4, and some of them were persuaded, a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of leading women joined Paul and Silas. Verse 5, but the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to rulers of the city, crying out, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Wouldn't you love that to be said of Hallmark Church? They've turned the world upside down with the gospel. Wouldn't that be great? Verse 7, Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Do you believe there's another king called Jesus? Good message there. Verse 8, and they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security, in other words, payment, from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Verse 10, then brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, right? So next city, right? We've been arrested here. We're getting, out of, we're getting out of Dodge, as they would say. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Okay, again, that's his practice. Verse 11, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so, Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women, as well as men. But, here we go, verse 13, when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached at, by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, both, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. All right, a lot of reading. Let's, let's kind of walk back through this, okay? So we're going to see in this two cities, right? We have the first city here in this passage is Thessalonica. The second city is Berea. And I think what we can see as far as way of application for us is when we think in terms of Thessalonica, let's think of that from the, the perspective of the church as an organization. Maybe we could even say from the pastor's perspective. Right, so what is the responsibility as the pastor? And I think we can see in this passage of Scripture, specifically when it's talking about Thessalonica, what is my role, or anyone that stands up here and opens the Word of God, what is our role as a pastor, as a preacher of the gospel to Hallmark Church? What does it look like for me to lead you as a church to be biblically driven? And then we'll see in Berea, uh, the way the scripture is written for us, I think it gives us a good understanding or an example, a pattern, if you will, of how you as the church, the audience, the congregation, the members, me included in that, how we should respond. Okay, so we have from the proclamation of the gospel to those receiving the gospel, what is our responsibility in this understanding of what meaning to be biblically driven? So, so let's look at that. Let's kind of walk through that. So in verse two, 
Paul, as his custom was, went into them. He went into the synagogue, right? And for three Sabbaths, three weeks in a row, I want you to think of these three words. He reasoned, explaining, and demonstrating. Verse 2 and 3. So verse 2, reasoned with them from the scriptures. Verse 3, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. Saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. So what does it mean that he reasoned with them from the scriptures? And the commentaries that I looked up basically said that this root word of the idea, the understanding of reasoned, is the understanding of, of like dialogue. There was discussion. What does the scripture say? What does this mean? What is the understanding? There's like discussion. And, and that's why it's important. We think it's important for you to get into a connect group. We have some great connect group leaders and teachers. And in that format is a great opportunity for there to be reasoning, right? To, to be a dialogue, to be discussion, to say, what does this scripture mean? Not only do, what does this scripture mean, but once we've come to understanding of what the scripture means, well, how can that apply to me and to you, right? That there's reasoning of the scripture. So one of my responsibilities to lead you biblically is to help reason from the scriptures. Then the next word, explaining, right? So he explained, reasoned and explained. And literally this means opening, right? So every Sunday morning, what should we do when we gather in the Lord's house to preach? We should open what? The word of God, the Bible. Opening, explaining, expounding, reasoning, dialoguing. This is the word of the Lord. Aren't you thankful that although this Bible has been the most attacked piece of literature in all of history, we still have it today? It's a great testimony of the power, and as we sing about this morning, the faithfulness of God, that his word endures forever. So, so there's an explaining, and it's my responsibility is to help explain, to open up, to reveal what is God's word say. The third word is demonstrating. Right? And this idea of demonstrating means to persuade. Right? So we have, we have dialogue, we have teaching, and we have persuasion. In other words, once we've dialogued, once we've explained, then what's your step? What's the action step that you should take as a result of hearing from God this morning? Now look what Paul is trying to persuade them of. Verse number two. So the, the dialogue, the teaching leads to the persuasion. And what is he trying to persuade them? Verse 2, that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the, what's the word? The Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Word who from the beginning created all things, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that a great persuasion to be persuaded of? What was he, what was those two things? He was revealing who Jesus was, 
the Christ. And he was revealing what Jesus did. He suffered, he died, he was buried. But three days later, what happened? He rose again. And because of that, we can have salvation. That's what he talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, right? He said that I gave you the gospel, you believe the gospel, and because you believed and received the gospel, you were saved by the gospel. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, that's verses one and two. In verse three, he said, I delivered you first of all that which I received. Here's the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And then he goes into his persuasion. He was seen by Cephas and by the 12, the 500, even seen by me, the least of the apostles. So Paul was persuading them. Jesus, as we read earlier in Acts, whom you crucified is in fact the Messiah. Now my question for you, and you don't have to answer this out loud. You can if you choose to. Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Do you believe it? And if, you're, if you don't believe that, can I challenge you that today you would place your faith in Jesus? God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. My persuasion for you this morning is if you do not believe that you would call out to Jesus Romans says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Cry out to Jesus today. Well, what was the result of Paul's persuasion? Verse 6, some of them were persuaded. A great multitude actually were persuaded. But look at number verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded. So we all have a choice Today, you can hear the gospel and you can hear that if you, if you cry out to Jesus and you place your faith in Jesus, you can have forgiveness of sins and you can have a restored relationship with God, your creator. And you can choose to believe or you can choose to not believe. Have you been persuaded to give your life to Jesus? And if not, why not today? So, what is our goal at Hallmark Church? It is to preach and to teach who Jesus is. He is the Christ. It is to preach and to, and to teach what Jesus did, that he came, he suffered, he died, and he came back to life. And because he comes back to life, we can have eternal life. Isn't that our responsibility as a church? To preach the Bible. All right, so what's the responsibility of the church, the people, right? For, for us as members of the church. Let's look at the, the next example, the church at Berea. It says that they were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, meaning they were more noble, or they received the word better. They treated the messengers better. And then it gives us an example, two ways in which they were more noble. They were more fair-minded. First, verse 11 they received the word with all readiness. 
Here's a personal application, a, a reflection question for you to think about. And you don't, don't, don't answer this out loud, but I, I want you to think for a moment on your normal routine. How prepared are you when you walk in to the sanctuary on a Sunday morning to hear and receive the word of God with all readiness? It's like every week when I get on my Facebook Live video, what am, what am I encouraging the three things to do that you would plan, that you would prepare, and that you would pray? That when you walk into the building on a Sunday morning, that you are eager to receive and to hear the word of God. Can I encourage you that if you were not in that headspace on a normal Sunday morning, that you would plan, prepare, and pray every week and every weekend, that when I walk in those doors, I'm expecting, I'm anticipating to hear from God today. Because this church is going to do what? We're going to open up the word of God so that the word of God can get into you. They received the word of God with all readiness. They were open-minded. They had open hearts. They wanted to hear from God. Not only did they receive with all readiness, the next part of that verse says they searched the scriptures. How often did they search the scriptures? You don't sound very convincing. You're not persuading me here. How often did they search the scriptures? Daily. And why did they search the scriptures? It says to see if the things that they had heard were true. In other words, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. They were sitting under the teaching of the apostle Paul who had seen the resurrected Christ and they didn't just take his word for it. They searched the scriptures daily to see truth, to find truth. Do you realize that as a follower of Jesus, that you, have, you are indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit, and one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit who indwells you is to help you understand the scriptures? You don't need me to explain it to you. You have a much better explainer, a much better persuasive person who dwells in you, the Holy Spirit. Search the scriptures daily. I'm going to give you three um, statements that are going to be on the screen this morning. Now, I don't know if you know this, but about, I think it was about 825 this morning, there was a power surge that hit the building and all the power went out for a second. And because of that, we don't have our projectors over here. We had actually already taken, this is a Christmas decoration. We'd already taken it down and thank Thanks to Garrett up there. He put it back up for us. But I wasn't sure how big this was going to be. Can you guys see that all right? Okay, most of us. Hold on a second. Let's see. All right. Three statements. Biblically driven church. If the Bible is God's word, we should cherish it, study it, obey it, and fully trust it. Do you believe that? If the Bible is indeed the word of God, then it is the final authority for all matters of faith, practice, and morality. Do you believe that? And the third statement, if the Bible is the word of God, then to dismiss it is to dismiss God himself. I'm not sure if that came up there, did it? Thank God I remember that. That was a miracle in itself. Let's think about that last statement. If the Bible is the word of God, then to dismiss it is to dismiss God himself. Do you agree with that? But what does that say about me? 
If I'm not in the scriptures daily, according to the definition that we just agreed to, this statement, what are we doing to God if we're not in his word? What is it? Say it. Okay. I'm not telling you that. You said it. That brings a little more heaviness to it, doesn't it? I didn't just get up late and skip my Bible study this morning. What did I do? I dismissed God from my day today. Do we need to go back to the statement? Let's scratch this one out. Do you agree with the statement? Yes or no? Okay. I'll walk away from that. So I think a practical question for us to ask as we think about the people of Thessalonica and the people of Berea is, you know, it's my responsibility, it's anyone that stands on this platform and preaches the word of God to preach like Paul did, right? We want to we wanna teach, we want to preach, we want to expound, we want to explain, we want to persuade, all those things. But then for me also and for you as a member of the church, we want to be like the Bereans. So my question then for you today is, will you be? Will you be like the church at Berea who, although they heard the word of God and they came in and they were open, they were ready, open hearts, open minds, God, I want to hear from you today. I want to hear from your messenger today. I want to hear a word of the Lord today in your presence and in your sanctuary. But also, I want to search the scriptures daily because I want to seek truth. Will you be like the Bereans? Here they are. Listen to the word of God with an open heart and mind. Study the word of God daily to find the truth. So, as was already mentioned, you, you should have had one of these on your seat, right? And some of you got them last week. We didn't really give you any information what to do with it. Uh, we just wanted to have it in your hands. So I'm going to encourage you to keep this in your Bible or maybe where you do your Bible study. Uh, keep this with you. What you'll see on this card on the, on the back side is that every Sunday for the next few weeks, there's action steps that go with the sermon that we're going to be preaching on these four core values. So today, biblically driven, we want to encourage you to take three, these three steps. Some of you have already taken the first one. You can check it off. You've already grabbed a trust devotional book. I love seeing all the pictures on Facebook. Many of you should be on day seven today, and some of you are on that. Marty confessed as he's a Regen member. He's good at confession. He said, I am a little behind. By the way, if you want more information about regeneration ministry, what you can do is go online and look it up. Or you could just show up right here at 6.30 on Wednesday night. Okay, give it a try. Okay, come in, see if it's for you. Maybe this is exactly what God wants you to do. If you look around when we're dismissed this morning and you see somebody like Marty that has a regen shirt on, ask them. They've been through the program. They will tell you all about it. Okay, but first check. Some of you have already got it. Grab a devotional. Start the F260 plan. All right, so what that is is our, our reading plan. There's some printed copies back at the Connection Center on the two desks for you. If you want to grab one, you can go online and you can find uh, a downloadable version most every Monday on our social media page. Jeremy's going to post the week's readings for that. What we've done this year is the Monday through Friday reading, the reason it's called the F260 plan, it's not what we created, it's just a plan that's the uh, 260 foundational passage of scripture that you'll read through for the entire 
year, all right? That's going to be Monday through Friday on that reading plan. On the Saturday reading plan, uh, the, the scripture that we're going to have you read is the passage of scripture that we will be preaching the very next day. Okay, so this is a way for us to help you be fair-minded, ready to hear the scripture on Sunday morning, for you to plan and prepare and to pray, all right? So let me encourage you uh, to grab one of those, all right? And then the third one, weekly do a hear journal, okay? Weekly do a hear journal. So what do I mean by a hear journal? So what we've tried to do is kind of get you started as you do this daily devotional. So in the daily devotional, you'll have some of my wonderful ponderings, right? And then on the end of it, you have this, what's called the HEAR journal. What that simply means is an acronym that means HEAR, okay? Then it means explain, excuse me, highlight, explain, apply, and respond, okay? Highlight, explain, apply, and respond. Everybody tracking with me? Okay, so what I'm hoping is if you do this for 31 days, you'll kind of understand what does it mean. Because the truth is, I've kind of already done it for you in the devotion. I've highlighted a verse. I've explained a little bit of the context. I've applied it for you, and then at the end, there's always a little response. Okay, so I'm trying to give you a pattern of how to do a hear journal. Because my goal is that you won't be dependent on me writing you a book to get your Bible out and read. That you could get the F260 plan, okay, and you could read a passage of Scripture. So my goal right now on this card is that once a week on your weekly reading in the F260 plan is that you would start practicing. Get a notepaper out. Get a journal. Start one for the year. I'm going to highlight a verse. I feel like God really spoke to me in this verse. So I'm going to dig and try to explain that. So if you have your phone, here's, here's an a interactive thing. You want to scan that QR code. Right now you can. Okay, and it, as you scan that QR code, it's going to take you to our, our discipleship page. Okay, and Pastor Nathan, our discipleship pastor, he has it for you on this QR code. It goes straight to it. All the resources you need. All right, so the F260 plan is there. Uh, uh, a um, here journal how to do one is on there. Uh, there is all kinds of resources. There's all kinds of apps. There is, trust me, it's worth going and looking at because sometimes when you read a passage of scripture, let's be honest, it can be confusing. Do you agree with that? S- sometimes, especially when we're in the Old Testament, it's like, what did I just read? So there's some resources on that webpage that'll help you dig out truth of scripture for yourself because what what good is it if i'm the only one that's biblically driven none if every day every sunday the only time you open up the word or hear from god is from me you're you're not going to grow you're not going to grow in your trust and your walk with god you need to be in the word daily searching the scriptures Seeking truth for yourself. What is God's message today? So I want to encourage you to do that. So I've, I've, done, I've done tomorrow's Hear Journal already. Okay, because I'm, I'm just going to give you a brief, this is my Hear Journal. 
okay? And I'm going to read this, and I, I think there may be, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of hard to see on this small screen, but there's, there's going to be a short video of me as I read this actually writing this journal out. So let me read for you what I did ahead of time for tomorrow. All right, Psalm 13:5. I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. The explanation, David is frustrated. David questions God. David is tired of waiting. He feels as if God does not hear and will not answer. He decides he will trust no matter what. Apply. I have felt frustrated with God before. I've also been anxious and wondered if God is listening or cares. I must choose to trust. My response, God, I ask you to give me the ability to trust no matter what. I ask you to forgive me for not being patient. Lord, I trust you. I want to encourage you. Daily search the scriptures. God wants to speak to you. God has preserved his word. Although it is the most attacked piece of literature in all of history. Because he loves you. He wants to speak to you every single day. And if we believe that this is the word of God. To dismiss it is to dismiss God himself. And my goal for you is that you wouldn't do that. Can I ask you just to close your eyes for a moment? The worship team's gonna come up and we're gonna close in a song of worship today. But I I wanna just challenge you for a moment. If, If being in the word of God has not been a priority, I pray you will make it that. Because in both instances, in the passage we read, when, when the pastor preached and the people searched the scriptures, you know what the byproduct of that was? People were saved. They turned the world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that Hallmark, that this is a core value that's not a slogan, but it's a reality, that we will search the scriptures daily. How many of you would just by raising your hand this morning say, John? I want to do better at searching the scriptures daily this year than last year. Just put your hand up right now. I want, to, I want to do better at getting into the word. Okay, you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to pray over us. And, and maybe today it, it's a good opportunity for you to, to come down to the altar. You've raised your hand. You said I want to do better. And maybe it's an opportunity today to say, God, help me be disciplined to seek you every single day, that we would build our life on Christ, our firm foundation. 